I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New revelations about the Colorado shooter. We have Curtis Halk talking about the media, Chef Andrew Gruel, John Phillips, Brian Dean Wright. All that's coming up on I'm Right. How often do we talk about a mentality change being needed on the right? I, we talk about it all the time, right? We have to change our mentality. We have to go from a defensive mentality to an offensive mentality. We have to change our mentality when it comes to things like power, political power. The right famously, well, they, they brag about not using it. Well, limited government, I can't do that. It's not constitutional. And then the communists take over and they promptly use their political power to gain more power and to keep themselves in power. We have to change that mentality. It's hard. It's hard to change a mentality. Sometimes it takes generations, but that's a mentality we have to change. There is another mentality we have to change. And this is a difficult one. Okay, it's just as hard as all the others. It's going to take time, but we have to change this mentality we have. If you talk to somebody who is uh, even a hardcore, consider themselves a conservative or libertarian or, or, or whatever, they, whatever, it's someone somewhere on the spectrum of the right. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's your parents, grandparents. And I'm, I'm not talking about even people mildly involved. I'm talking about the hardcores, right? They've been listening to a hardcore talk radio forever and watch TV every single night. And you're watching I'm Right every single night. I'm talking the people who know, the people who believe. You ask them what they think of the media in this country. 
what they think of the media. And this is what you will get. And if you get this, or if you say this, you need a mentality change. I'm not insulting you, but this is what you'll say. Oh, the biased, or the bunch of hacks, these, these liberal hacks, the mainstream liberal media, they're liberal. That's what you get. You, you get that a lot. That's not true. I mean, all that's true, but if that's how you think about the media in this country, then you're behind and you've got to advance with the times. And I'm not insulting you because I'm sure I've said those words a thousand times about the media. Well, other liberal, biased, just like hacks, liars. That's missing the mark. We constantly miss the mark on the right when we're figuring out what we're dealing with. And I know why we do this, but they're not biased. They're not liberal. They're not hacks. They're evil. They're your enemy. They are your arch enemy. You went to work today, whatever you do. Maybe you're a housewife. Maybe you're a lawyer. Maybe you're a carpenter. Maybe, who knows? You went to work today, and you spent the day putting in work, focusing on your job, putting in work. The American media goes to work every single day, and you know what they consider their jobs to be? Not bring you the news, not adjusting the news, not being biased with the news. They consider themselves warriors on the front lines of a war against you. They're in it to destroy you and everything you care about. They're not biased. They're not liberal. They're not hacks. They are your mortal enemy, and they play the game as if they're your mortal enemy, time after time after time, but we won't assign them that. We're too slow with that. Notice they never hesitate. The second you say, uh, I like the Second Amendment, Nazi, white supremacist, they're all over it right away. Assigning a label to you, getting their side's mentality in the right place when it comes to how they want to deal with you. But we, on the right, we've gone soft for so many years that we hesitate to do it. Well, I don't want to speak ill of them. I don't want to be mean. I want to be nice. We can win with principles. Let's, it, we'll have principles, guys. And that's why we lose, because our mentality isn't even close to being where it is. Do you see the latest news? Now, I'll play you what they were saying beforehand, but did you see the latest news about that Colorado shooter shot up a gay bar? Attorneys for the accused shooter, Anderson Lee Aldrich, say in new court filings tonight that the suspect now identifies as non-binary. In a footnote to a motion asserting legal privileges, the public defenders say, quote, Anderson Aldrich is non-binary. They use they, them pronouns, and for the purposes of all formal filings, will be addressed as Mix Aldrich. So in other words, not Mr. or Ms. But you do remember what all of them were saying to you and about you in the immediate wake of the shooting when they looked at dead people and immediately thought to themselves, how can I get my enemies with this new bad news out there? Here's what they were saying, in case you forgot. He's a consumer of the people we just rattled off, from Lauren Boebert to Tucker Carlson. Let's get it out. Let's get it out at trial. Let's expose it for what it is, name it and shame it. He's a consumer of these people, and those people should, should face civil consequences from the victims. Tucker Carlson's fall. You see, that guy's not biased. He's not a liar. He's not a hack. 
That guy is your mortal enemy, and he will use anything, a shooting, an earthquake, it doesn't matter what it is, he will use anything to destroy you. Everything for him is an opportunity to destroy you in everything you care about. Remember what Corinne Diversity Hire said about it? This attack also comes amidst a rise in violent rhetoric and threats against the LGBTQI plus people across the country. While we don't know yet for certain the motive of this attack, hate has no place in this country and neither do military style assault rifles, which is why we will continue to push for an assault weapons ban. They saw dead people and they didn't shed a tear. In fact, if your mentality's in the right place, if you watch I'm Right every night, you already know this. It wasn't that they didn't shed a tear or weren't sad about it. They were so happy. They were so happy. And I know people don't like to talk about this because it makes them seem so dark. But man, I'm telling you, they're dark. You're dealing with evil here. When they find out about a school shooting in Uvalde or a gay bar shooting in Colorado, there's not a single tearful moment. They call an all-hands-on-deck meeting. I'm sure you got to get the messaging right. Press secretary's there. President's maybe there if he's not taking a nap or pooping his pants somewhere. They all gather around a table, and there's not one person there. Not one. Could you pass me a Kleenex? It's just so sad. Not one with a genuine tear. Not one. In fact... They can hardly contain their giddiness when they get together and find out, oh, we got people dead? Nice, how many? Oh, five, that's good. Not, not we wish it was higher, but that's, okay, that's good. Uh, do we know who they were? Oh, they were gay? Yeah! Hey, start typing, we got five gay people. Let's get the guns and we'll blame the right. You don't like talking about that. I don't like talking about that, but we have got to grow up and realize exactly what we're dealing with here. We're not dealing with liars or liberals or hacks. We're dealing with evil people. Who hate us you see that guy there was a there was a gay bar in new york that got vandalized and of course you're going to find this shocking but the guy who did it wasn't actually you of course it was blamed on you right away check out that throwing form you can tell what it was he admitted he was gay right off the bat said quote i'm gay myself as he was being let out in a police vehicle you're dealing with people who are your enemy. They're your enemy. And when we deal with things like the LGBTQ demon mob out there, when we deal with them, because they're a huge driver of a lot of this, the LGBTQ demon mob has declared war on the American right, declared war more specifically on the American family and the American church. They are very purposeful, purposeful about what they do and who their enemy is. And they're packed throughout our media and our government, and that's why they attack in this way, because they've already declared you to be an enemy. And there's one more thing I see people on the right shortchanging themselves on over and over and over again. They're, they're falling short. They're not totally get it. I'll see people on the right saying things like this. I had someone say it to me today. Jesse, I think this insanity's finally topped out. No, this is just, it's a small percentage of people, Jesse. They're, they're losing steam, but people are rejecting this. Please hear me when I tell you this. It is not a popularity contest. It is not a popularity contest. I don't ever want to hear you say to me ever again, but the percentages, it's a small percentage. Percentages have nothing to do with it. It's a contest of power, and they're not losing steam. They're not backing off. They're not shrinking away. 
rainbow flags fly on your foreign embassies now. Do you realize that? Your foreign embassies fly rainbow flags. They're not losing steam. Evil doesn't have a bottom. It doesn't. You're not dealing with liberals. You're dealing with evil. And they never wake up in that black hole and say, wow, guys, we've taken it too far. It only goes down and down and down and down from here until we actually step up and do something about it. Now, one of the things you can do about it right now, in case you're wondering, you can turn off the freaking things that support it. Big hockey fan, are you? NHL came out yesterday. Trans women are women. Trans men are men. Non-binary identity is real. That's the official social media account of the NHL. Still got to watch them flyers? Jesse, I love my flyers. Okay. And don't complain. This is why they don't hit a bottom. They've never been any real resistance. We can't even turn off the NFL. All that may have made you uncomfortable but I am right. We're going to talk to Curtis Houck about this in just a moment. Before we talk to Curtis, I'm going to talk to you about the timeshare you think you're stuck in, but you're really not. It's another mentality change we need on the right. I'm stuck in my timeshare. No, Jesse, you don't understand. I called them and I told them I wanted out. They said I couldn't. They said it's in writing and I read it. It is. No, no, no. Listen, Lone Star Transfer has heard all these things before and yet they succeed 99% of the time in getting people legally and permanently out of their timeshare. This is a family company, A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They guarantee they'll get you out. They guarantee it in writing. Call. Make one phone call. The call itself is free. 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646. Or go to LoneStarTransfer.com. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Drag time story hour where a drag queen would come. It was a, a ubiquitous in libraries all over the country had it. A drag queen would come read a story. It was fun. The kids loved it. Um, and then also some sort of um, friendly, friendly drag shows. It would be on a Sunday brunch. You could bring the kids. They'd see a show. And the far right conservatives left on this and they put it together with, frankly, the QAnon narrative that's been out, and it was, they're out to get your children. The demonization, dehumanization, and moral panic around children in our community somehow being threatened by LGBTQ teachers, librarians, performers, that is the thread that's going through. And when you demonize someone to that extent and you make them feel like an existential threat to you and your children, it's no wonder, again, that we get this kind of violence. Joining me now, my friend Curtis Houck, Managing Editor, Media Research Center. Curtis, there are people definitely being demonized in this society and then attacked, but it ain't the LGBTQ people. No, it's not, Jesse. Uh, Brandy Zardoni from NBC News. She, you know, she looks like a younger Molly Jongfast, which doesn't bode well for her future. So, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I think... Uh, 
you know, it has to be said that, you know, these people are using the very, you know, tried and true Alinsky tactics. Accuse your opponents of what you yourself are doing. We heard this through, in the lead up to the midterm elections. Republicans and conservatives, they're dangerous. They're violent. They want to end this country. They want to overthrow the government. You know, they're going to decapitate you, blah, 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 blah. The same thing, exactly what's going on here. You oppose your children being led around by trans people with uh, nipple tassels and learning about, uh, you know, different sex toys uh, and opposed graphic oh. sex in graphic novels, then you're a murderer. You know, I, I, I just can't, that logic is so stupid, uh, but they actually think it works. Uh, even though, as we know, an election that was run specifically pretty much on education, the Virginia governor's race, didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. And yet they're still going down this road because they know that they don't care. And they have brainworms, audience uh, members, their viewers, the view of them that there are, that are just going to eat this up. Curtis, I think the mentality on the right is not advanced enough when it comes to who these people are and what these people want. I, I think, I feel like we fall short a lot. I'm sure I've probably been guilty of this too. We think, oh, they're crazy or they're liars or things like that. I, I think we don't realize these people have declared war on the American family and our way of life and they're not going to stop. They're not slowing down. They don't feel like they're losing. Yeah, they're not going to stop. I think that's the, it is, you're right, that is the mistake some conservatives make, that we can just get along with these people. No, 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 no. They view you as a threat to their life and to their children. And if they're not able to teach your children about really promiscuous things, then you are a threat and they will bulldoze you. You know, you think back to the Melissa Harris Perry promo, it was probably 10 years ago at this point on MSNBC, yeah. saying your children don't belong to you, your children belong to the state. So, and that's exactly where they are. It's morphed into this larger, uh, you know, project and narrative. You know, you look at what parents do when they go to school board meetings and they talk about some of the things that their children are being exposed to. They got their mics cut off. They, they have these school board members say, oh, that's really inappropriate for this forum and not appropriate for public access TV. Well, then if it's not appropriate there, how can it be appropriate for your children? People understand, need to understand that they're not going to stop, even though they've been defeated in this case, the Colorado Springs shooter. Their narrative has been just completely deflated. They're going to keep going. Ben Collins, Mr. Googly Eyes, is going to keep going uh, because he thinks he's the new Brian Stelter. Curtis, what, what a thing to aspire to. Curtis, why the children? Because it is one of those things that even wakes up mm -hmm. the normal person. You know, you're, you're kind of a political neighbor all of a sudden is sitting up in his seat when he finds out his eight-year-old daughter has pornographic books in her school library. That's the kind of thing that snaps him awake. Why are they so purposeful about going after the children? Because they definitely are. That's clear. Well, we, and, and you see the midterm results. You see how Gen Z voted so heavily for Democrats. I mean, this isn't surprising that the youngest generation is going to vote Democrat, but the numbers, the, it, it is, it re, it's almost not quite, but it's reaching Saddam Hussein, uh, Iraqi elections levels when it comes to the breakdown of voters. But, and they know that if you look at the other generations, millennials starting to trek back towards the right, Gen X and baby boomers and on up, they voted heavily Republican. They are solidly rock-ribbed conservatives you break it down, but then when you go to younger people, unmarried women, 
heavily democratic. They need to lock those people down and not just lock them down, but lock them down for generations where they teach them certain things in school. They teach them to promote and support the LGBTQ lifestyle. You know, you, uh, there was a staff that I saw a few weeks ago that the number of kids who identify as transgender doubled, I, I believe, something along those lines. Uh, it's because of TikTok videos and what we saw over the pandemic. Those things uh, didn't just happen overnight. The left has been laying in the weeds. They've been waiting to, you know, drop this. Um, and they do it just as they always have under the guise of, you know, smiley faced, uh, you know, talk about dignity and tolerance and equity. You know, Joel Goldberg, when he was half decent, rock ribbed conservative, he had that book, Liberal Fascism, that liberal fascism, the authoritarianism from the left wasn't going to come with fire and brimstone, uh, the kind of stuff we see in China and we saw under the Soviet Union and now with Putin. It was going to be the smiley faced variety uh, with the Walmart smile face uh, promising uh, all sorts of great things. Uh, the, th the smile went away if you try and push back. And that's kind of what we're seeing now, that the mask is slipping and it's incumbent upon people to know that the mask is slipping and that you have to keep pushing against these people because they are never going to stop until your life is ruined. You're so right. You're so right, too. I saw that uh, award-winning <laughs> brainiac on The View, Sonny Huston, said uh, Jesus would have been a grand marshal at a pride parade. Here she was for who they were, and someone came to that place. And that's and what's so the, sad, the part... and I don't know that they hide behind religion, because no. I said this on this show once before, Jesus would be the Grand Marshal at the Pride Parade. Um, Curtis, they use our values against us all the time. All the time yep. they use our values against us, and it has been somewhat effective, has it not? Well, you see that Protestant Christianity, I mean denomination after denomination, United Church of Christ, the Methodist Church, the Presbyterian Church, USA, yep. all these denominations have fallen away. Episcopalians, they've been hemorrhaging members. They don't care because they get on television and that they have their, you know, uh, pastors, you know, their transgender bishops go on television. Uh, that's the, and then that becomes the acceptable version of Christianity. It's not you know, for the media, they, yes, they demonize Christians writ large and you believe in Jesus and, oh my gosh, it's so scary. Mormons, you have weird underwear and stuff like that, you know. But it, the, now what they're doing is they're using, they've invaded parts of Christianity and these denominations. And now they bring these people on television and say, no, 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 Christianity is still acceptable. But, you know, we accept this kind, the kind that, you know, removes, yeah. you know, makes gender neutral Bibles uh, and doesn't believe in the Trinity and all kinds of normal <laughs> stuff like that now. Uh, and they say that kind of Christianity is now acceptable, even though on Sundays the pews are empty. Well, Curtis, thank you, my brother. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, Jesse. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. All right. We have... Uh... Brian Dean Wright of the President's Daily Brief always keeps us boned up on the issues. He's going to join us next. Now, I have an idea for you. This is Christmas time, right? Well, it's officially Christmas shopping time. I know it's Thanksgiving time, but it's Christmas shopping time. What if you gave the gift of clean air to somebody? Maybe your wife, maybe your husband, maybe mom, sister, brother. Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It's not like a normal air purifier, like a big one. It's just this wee little black box that goes right in the outlet in the wall. It doesn't hardly make any noise. But it will constantly clean the air in your home the way nature does after a thunderstorm. That's why they call it that. 
These things are little miracles. I own six of them at this point in time. Go. They have a three-pack for sale for $200 off for my viewers. You have to go to EdenPureDeals.com code JESSE. I bet you the mom was not expecting clean air for Christmas. EdenPureDeals.com code JESSE gets you $200 off. Plus free shipping. Go now. My message and my final message, maybe the final message I give you from this podium, is that please, for your own safety, for that of your family, get your updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you're eligible to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Boy, I'm gonna miss him. Joining me now, my friend Brian Dean Wright of the incredible President's Daily Brief podcast where you get all the news of the day in less than 20 minutes. You drive to work and all of a sudden you're smarter than everyone else. Brian, I am so sick of seeing this guy's face on television. Have I seen the last of him? Please tell me I have. Oh, I can't promise you that, sir. I'm hoping. I think most of us ah. are hoping at this point. I know. Son of a bumble. Uh, well, we had such an interesting uh, conversation uh, between Mr. Fauci and the rest of America yesterday, didn't we? One of the things that he said as he was pontificating about the importance of getting boosted is that, it, uh, to paraphrase, he said, it pains me as a physician to know that people won't get boosted because it can protect them, protect them rather from uh, infection, hospitalization, and death. And of course, he threw that one little piece in there, didn't he, about infections, uh, that, that COVID vaccines will protect you from infections. That's not true. We've known that now for a really long time. Nevertheless, the other piece uh, that we saw yesterday that Mr. Fauci did not speak to is that 58% of Americans who die from COVID right now are vaccinated. So that's something that uh, was not true and hasn't been true throughout most of the pandemic, but we're now seeing something happen uh, that's very alarming and that I don't think that Mr. Fauci would like to talk about, but the rest of us should, because it has pretty profound implications. We were told to trust the science of these vaccinations and, and the science behind it was something quite extraordinary. Well, something's not right if most people who die from COVID in this country are getting these shots. So we should probably talk about that. Okay, let's talk about that. Why? What do we, I know maybe these may just be opinions. I'm sure you've dug into this. What, what is the reason? Because like you said, they promised it, it would help you weather the COVID storm. Yeah, well, look, I think what happened was we rushed this technology. We rushed this science because there was a lot of fear around how deadly this virus was. And then some people, I think might correctly say there was a desire for greater amounts of power to control people. And so we came up with a, a, a science of a vaccine, a vaccine that, that doesn't quite work as people thought it, that it might, that they promised. Uh, I think the underlying science, there's a problem there. And I think if you talk to docs who are honest about it, they will say, yeah, we, we, we rushed this thing uh, too fast. There's too much that we don't know about it. And we need to, to go back to the very foundations of how this science, this mRNA vaccination stuff actually works. Brian, I'm in way over my skis, so this, this will be the last one I want to ask about this, but is there a chance this thing, maybe it, maybe it gave people some temporary protection or something like that, but is, is there a chance in the long run this weakened people's immune system? That's the only way I can make sense of a 58% dying or vaccinated. I don't know, uh, is there a different explanation that I'm not seeing? 
Well, well, look, that's not some sort of conspiracy. What is known in, in science and has for a long time in medical science, in fact, there's some great studies out of Israel that say, look, there's a point at which you get vaccinated too many times, you get too many of these shots, and it actually does damage your immune systems. I'm going to let the folks in uh, you know, the docs in Israel who came up with these studies, others in the United States who've done those studies as well, they're pointing this out that, in fact, it can damage the, human immune, uh, the immune system of the human uh, population. So I think... You know, whether or not that's at play here, I don't know. But the bottom line is we need to start asking some more questions that, that I think are now very fair. We can't just shut up and follow along because Mr. Fauci and others tell us that the science says so. Because it turns out I think they're probably wrong. Okay. I, I saw something else that, well, something that gave me a bit of hope. We'll get to the Alabama-West Virginia story today. But the CDC estimates that only 11% of people five and older have received a booster. Are Americans more awake to this scam now than they were before? That's a shockingly low number considering the amount of propaganda that's been out there pushing this. Yeah, look, parents have, have uh, come to understand that these vaccines aren't uh, necessary, they're not medically necessary for their kids. If you look at the data of kids who were hospitalized or died from COVID, the overwhelming number of kids uh, were obese or had some sort of underlying condition. But even then, it was a tiny number. I mean, less than, I think, several hundred total. So I think that parents now say, look, this type of vaccination is new. Uh, it's not that to say that COVID isn't real or it's, it's not a threat, it is, but it tends to target a sp very specific kind of person, generally speaking. There's always gonna be these rare exceptions. But the bottom line is kids are not at risk of, of disease, of severe disease from COVID-19. Parents understand that. I think an increasing number of Americans do too. That's why we're only looking uh, at around, uh, you know, the small numbers of percentage, 10, 20% of Americans actually getting these boosters. I think most folks have either been uh, infected by COVID, they have this degree of natural immunity, uh, or they've chosen the vaccination route. Maybe probably just the two doses, around 70% of Americans have got just those first two doses and they're stopping. And I think that's what the, if I made the marketplace, the people are saying, my body, my risk, my choice and i can manage this and definitely my kids can too and i'm not letting that stuff inside their bodies all right let's get to some good news there's good news out of west virginia and alabama what is it yeah you know i tell you whenever i come on with you i always feel like i'm the angel of death with terrible news so yes finally we can talk about some good news my brother so one of the great challenges in the last 10 years or so was high school graduation rates in certain states Alabama, West Virginia, were towards the middle to bottom of the country's graduation rates. So what officials in that state did, teachers, administrators, they said, look, we need to understand why kids are dropping out. The first thing they discovered was that, that most kids basically have academic struggles and they just give up, usually by the 10th to 12th grade. Second, the administrators and teachers decided to look into, okay, what, what time of the, the student's life does that usually happen? And they found that, well, it's actually in the ninth grades when we, when we first start seeing these problems. The third piece was, all right, what are, are there any early signals that, that we might see in the ninth grade to really flag certain students? And yep, not surprisingly, two of them were attendance and naturally grades. So the teachers and the administrators throughout the states of Alabama and West Virginia said, let's target our time and attention on ninth graders. Are they not showing up to school? Are they struggling in particular? Let's target those kids for additional assistance. Let's make sure that we're working with the parents of those kids, most importantly. And what do you know? Those two states over the past 10 years have gone from the middle to the bottom of the country. They are now at the number two and number three in the nation. And that's pretty incredible. And what's so wonderful about this, all the folks who looked into this said, you know, it's not about money. 
it's just about getting involved early stages with the kids. It's very common sense. There wasn't some grand program from the federal government. It was just passionate, good teachers, passionate, good administrators, and solid parents getting involved early, solving those problems before they became much, much bigger ones. It's awesome news because it can mean it, it can that be is, replicated in other parts of the country. That's the awesome part. That is awesome news. That's something to be thankful for on Thanksgiving Eve. Brian Dean Wright, President's Daily Brief Podcast. Thank you, my brother. As always. Got to tell you, if I didn't have strict parents, I could totally see me dropping out of high school back in the day. I did not. I did not like school at all. I know you're going to find that shocking because I'm such a, such a huge brainiac now. <laughs> I didn't like school. All right. We're not done yet. We're not done. We still have fun. You ready for some fun? Before we get to fun, let's get to your free-falling testosterone levels. Not your fault, fellas. It's in the waters, man. I got estrogen. It's in the waters. It's in the water. You drink. You shower in it. Testosterone levels are half of what they were 50 years ago in the United States of America. That is a staggering number. In only 50 years, that's society ending if that trend continues. Chalk, the anti-communists at Chalk, they're aiming to stop it. Not with medicine, not with a new injection somewhere. You've had plenty of those. Natural herbal supplements. There are natural herbal supplements you can take. 20% increase in your testosterone in 90 days with the male vitality stack from Chalk. 20%, that's amazing. I've been on this stuff for seven, eight months. I have so much freaking energy. Ladies, there's a female vitality stack. You want to feel better, more energetic, ready for that afternoon workout instead of that afternoon cup of coffee? choq.com promo code jesse gets you 35 percent off the subscriptions black friday sale chalk.com promo code jesse all right we'll be back long covid i mean have you heard this term i love this term this seems to be the catch-all term for anything now joining me now my friend chef andrew gruel also, John Phillips, host of the John Phillips Show. John, let's begin with you. The HHS suggests mask mandates are still necessary because of, and I quote, long COVID. John, could you explain exactly what long COVID is? I've never really understood it. <laughs> well, it's a little bit like chronic fatigue syndrome. Whenever you don't want to have to go someplace, you say, oh, no, I can't go to that dinner party. I've got long COVID. What are you crazy? You're going to put me at risk? And I'll tell you, I knew, I knew that they were going to try to bring the mask back this Christmas season because they just can't help themselves. But I've only, in my, my years on the planet, found one mask that actually makes us safer, and that's duct tape over Joe Biden's mouth. Because as they say, <laughs> silence is golden, but duct tape is silver. Chef, why... Why would they bring it back now? I mean, there's, these are not popular. Even in places, you go to blue places, you walk downtown New York City, and no one's in a mask, or not many people are in a mask. Why attempt something with no popularity? Well, for me, it's symbolic, right? So it's a symbol that you're in control, that the government is in control, the state is in control, and you're going to wear it on your face, and you're going to let everybody know that you're an obedient little sheep. But also, back to the duct tape thing, you know what they say is if you can't duck it, <laughs> no, it's a family show. It's a family show. Chef. I didn't say no, it. it. I didn't say it. 
You did good. You did good. Why did so many people go along with it in the beginning, John? So many people. I'm not talking about those of us who were forced to wear it on a flight. There ain't nothing we can do about that. You know, your doctor makes you wear it before you go in. I get that. But so many people really did embrace something that was, one, very, very stupid. You can feel the air through, through the sides. Come on. It was very stupid, and it was very uncomfortable, yet so many people wrapped themselves around it. I don't understand why. Well, it became like the AIDS ribbon. It was virtue signaling. By wearing the mask, you told the world that you're a good person and that you're better than the people at the grocery store who aren't wearing it. I also think to a certain extent that the fact that nobody believes the government and nobody believes the news media also played a role in it because they still haven't come clean on where the virus came from. They told us conflicting things at the very beginning. Anthony Fauci at one point said, you need to wear the mask. And then he said, oh no, don't wear the mask. The mask don't work. And then he was back to, you need to wear the mask again. So I think there was a lot of massive confusion for people who were trying to protect themselves, trying to do the right thing, but they just didn't believe any government or news media and figured, okay, I'll just wear it just to be safe. Chef, you were obviously, you, now I know you sold Slapfish, sadly, but I know you're starting another one, but you were obviously in the restaurant industry during the worst of the worst of this COVID insanity. Why did people, why did they fall for so much of this stuff? I know you guys were just so oppressed by so much of it. What made Americans so susceptible to this? Well, you got to understand two things. Number one is that I'd say 90 plus percent of Americans only read headlines and the headlines got as scary as they could get. There was fear mongering. The scare tactics yeah. were just the primary form of communication. Once they scare you, well, then they can scare you into doing anything. So even if there's the slight chance that the mask can save you or it can help somebody else by virtue of those headlines, I'm going to wear the mask. That was the, the general mindset. And then, of course, you know, the other piece I say that I think that a lot of people don't talk about here is, is that during COVID, there were no sport. All the people who were diehard sports fanatics who would wear the jersey with their favorite player's name on the back, they suddenly became political pundits. And they took all the energy that they otherwise would have spent supporting a sports team, and they started supporting people like Fauci, and whether it was either on the right or the left, but it was primarily on the left because those were the people reading the headlines from things like ESPN, et cetera. So the mask became the jersey. The mask became the, the Kobe Bryant jersey. It became the I'm a Lakers fan, right, or whatever is next. And it was that energy that got transferred over and frankly hasn't left, right? It, we're still in that COVID mindset, as crazy as it sounds. John, switching gears here, Washington Post said Thanksgiving has a massive climate impact because this goes along the lines of what we've been talking about. They've been pushing climate change as being something that we should all panic over for a very long time. So I'm not going to act like this is something new. I do feel like they're trying to ramp that up into overdrive now, or is that just my imagination? Well, I think in the long term, what you're going to find is that vegetarianism or veganism is just going to become part of the left wing platform. Uh, they believe that, that the consumption of meat is destroying the planet. So if you continue to eat meat, then you aren't doing your part to fight off climate change and fight off global warming. But uh, no one is going to pay attention to them. Americans are going to, to enjoy Thanksgiving. They're going to eat their turkey. They're going to eat their stuffing. They're going to eat foods shaped like the can uh, tomorrow. Uh, everyone is going to enjoy this holiday and nobody cares about these doomsday predictors.
Chef, what's the biggest mistake people make at Thanksgiving? Uh, they don't brine their turkey or they don't dry brine it. Now we've got less than 24 hours, so you got to rub that thing down with salt for at least five to six hours and let all the moisture come in and go. Well, actually, it goes out and it goes back in and it creates the cleanest and most moist turkey possible. Then spatchcock it, cut it in half, grill it that way. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a breast that are way too dry and legs that perhaps are undercooked. Sounds like my senior prompt. John Phillips, Chef Andrew Gould, thank you, brothers. Thank you. Thank you. I just found out, like, yesterday what spatchcocking a turkey is. You know, that's taking the spine out of it. Like, it has a big bone going through it. Apparently, you're supposed to take that out because then it cooks more evenly. The chef actually told me that yesterday. I had no idea that was even a thing. I've never even heard of spatchcock in my life. How about that? All right. I have some final thoughts, but first, let me get to this final thought. We all make mistakes, and there are a lot of hustlers out there. There are a lot of people out there who are really, really good at scamming decent people. If you're in a timeshare, and you were excited about it, and maybe you used it, and it was good, and now you want out, and they're telling you you can't get out. Don't spend another second feeling bad about yourself or sorry for yourself. I'm so stupid. How come I didn't read the fine print? No one reads the fine print. Enough of that. Be proactive and make a phone call. Pick up your phone right now and make a phone call if you're stuck in that timeshare. Lone Star Transfer will get you out. Call 844-310-2646. They guarantee it. They guarantee it in writing and in a specific time frame. That is the ultimate calling your shot. They'll get you out. You're one phone call away from freedom. 844-310-2646. We'll be back. All right. I have a final thought. A Thanksgiving final thought. It's a little different than the one I normally do at the end of the show. Before we do that, I want to do this really quickly, though. Christmas is coming. And I am tired of getting all the text messages from friends and family. Hey, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? I'm not tired of it because of them. They're being nice. I'm tired of it because I never know. Do you know? I never know. I, uh, I don't know. I've got it for you this year. This is what you want for Christmas. You ready for this? You want a special wallet from GRIP6. See my cool American flag one? They have others, by the way. But you want a special wallet from GRIP6. You can get or not get the loop on there. That's your call. I kind of like it. Gives me a better grip on it. So now what does it do? Well, I just squeeze it, and my cards come popping out. See that? Squeeze, and they come out. But they also lock in. Go to GRIP6.com slash Jesse because they have huge Christmas sales on their socks. They have the greatest socks ever. Their belts are awesome. Their wallets, grip6.com slash jesse gets you huge savings. There's your Christmas list. Now, I have a final thought, a Thanksgiving thought. It is important. It is important to take a step back every now and then, often probably, and count your blessings. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. And maybe you're gathering with family. Maybe you're gathering with family and friends. Maybe you're gathering with family and friends you don't like, right? I get it, I, I get it, I understand. But no matter what you're doing tomorrow, let tomorrow be a day that you pause 
and be actually thankful for something. Just take an assessment of what's around you because there's so much crap and so much bad news and we talk about it all the time. Count your blessings. You have them. I promise you, you do. Even if they're hard to find right now, maybe you have sickness, maybe there's been a job loss, maybe, I mean, who knows? You have them. You have clothes on your back. You have clean drinking water. Sitting in a comfy chair right now. Do you have even one person in your life who you consider to be a friend or someone who loves you? I promise you have blessings all around you. Take a moment tomorrow and be thankful for them, all right? I'll see you. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.